Oh shit, I don't have anything for the for the front end. Damn you, Sean. Uh, we'll find something. Hey, welcome back to Not So Summer Gentlemen. I'm Ricky. And I'm Sean. And we're live in the same room. We're recording at, at the same time. For episode 50. Uh, two more and it's a year. Yeah, I mean, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. You know me, I, I would have liked a little more progress, but I'm more of an instant gratification type person. You seem to keep me in line with the proper train of thought of how to grow. I just want to keep it real, dog. <laughs> how to... Expectation. Expectation versus, you know, reality. But, you know, I need I need you to uh, keep the ball rolling. Well, I, know, I mean, I know. it's a good it's a good combo. I understand this. You push I'm... me further than I'd go, and I hold you back before you go off the edge. <laughs> this is true. That that's that's probably the best way we've ever put it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, something that's close and dear to your heart, uh, Spider Man got released. Had three posters released this week. And they look good. Yeah, they do look them. good. All of them, uh, especially I... like the one with him like. Kickback headphones on, science jacket. I can't help but mention the Deadpool one of that one. <laughs> well, I mean, that looked great. The Deadpool one looks good. I love that. What what they're. I don't know if that's Photoshop or if that's an official thing, but what whoever's doing that. Oh yeah. Perfect marketing for Deadpool. I can't tell you how excited I am about the next Deadpool movie, well, and yeah. a little trepidatious because of. They're, they they want to, like the whole thing about losing the director was they're wanting to, people wanting to put more money in it. Brian Reynolds wants to keep it real, keep it true to the first Deadpool. Uh, the trailer in front of Logan was great. I know this was supposed to be a Spider-Man talk, but man, Deadpool... Well, I mean, uh, while you're there... Okay, if somebody was to ask you right now, who's going to play Cable? I still say Stephen Lang. Now, I, the, who's, who is, are they currently... not. Who are they currently tossing well, first around? Well, off, first off, Stephen Lang is out. He has tweeted that he is busy. Mm-hmm. He has other sh- a mo- another movie killing at that time. He oh, is out. Oh, we didn't even talk about the uh, prelim artwork that was released that had a very Brad Pitt-looking cable. Right, but uh, they do, they've been doing fan artwork or... For for all these cables, have you seen the one where it's Michael Shannon? No, but this was actual. This was actual studio production artwork that got leaked. Yeah, I also seen. I thought there was the studio studio production artwork of uh, Pierce Brosnan as Cable. I don't know about that. Oh, you didn't see that? No. The the tweet? No. <laughs> of like it showed Ryan Reynolds, Pierce Brosnan, and uh oh somebody else, and they were all John Hamm. No, it was uh, Hugh Jackman, and they were all like having dinner together. Nice. And, and Somebody like, made him cable. Yeah, and so they were like, oh, well, apparently he had been hanging out. Nice. But the front runner right now was, uh, my, oh, Michael Shannon. Yeah, you're right. We yeah. talked about that. Zod. Yeah. Zod, Zod is cable. Zod is cable. I don't know. Stephen Lang forever will be my cable, so. Well, yeah. I, but, I have to let it go. he's busy. Yeah. And, I mean, that's and, one of those, that's one of those, like, back in the day when we all had our wizard magazines, and they're like, here's our X-Men movie, uh, a Jean-Luc Picard, Professor X. X, guess what? It actually happened. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. But, Where, of course, they had like the days Wolverine. Yeah, they had Wolverine cast as uh, Glenn Danzig. <laughs> oh, my lord. That's horrible. That is horrible. Ugh. 
But but they had the guy that played uh, Reese out of Terminator as Cyclops, and I thought that was a really really great pick. Of course, he'd have been too old back in the day, but yeah. Anyway, episode fifty, man, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. We're going to cover a little news, and then but then we're going to cover some fan questions, and they've sent in some great stuff today. So let's go ahead and roll into it. Sean, you've been playing a game that's very topical at the moment. Well, I've been playing Mass Effect Andromeda. I am over 20 hours in already. And let me just say, okay, it's received a lot of criticism. But, well, now, wait a minute. Let's start with how big of a Mass Effect fan are you? Well, I mean, I've played two and three. I haven't played one. Mm -hmm. But I played two and three. I did not play much multiplayer on three. But I, I know the story, and this is totally new story. You know, we, we are the Pathfinder. I, I'm playing a Scott Ryder. You can choose either to play Scott Ryder or Sarah Ryder. Mm-hmm. And everybody I had seen on YouTube and stuff had been playing Sarah Ryder. So, therefore, for me to be different. It was fresh. Yeah, it was something different. I chose Scott. And it's received a lot of heat. But but here's the deal. You know, th- there's a balance when you make a game that is huge. And this game is huge. Like, ginormously huge. You, it, it, It's... it's n- it's a filtered down no man's sky, really. Mm-hmm. You you can go to different galaxies, and in those galaxies are solar systems, and in those solar systems are planets, and they all need explored and looked for research, and it, it's ginormous. But it's received heat because it has issues. The voice acting is slightly off from the animation at certain points. There's a lot of animation where you see the mouth moving and that is strictly it. There's just a still face. <laughs> but the here's the their rebuttal. The um, Mass Effect rebuttal was the character with the least amount of lines in this game has three times as many lines as the person with the most acted lines in Mass Effect 3. So you're getting a huge amount of content and a lot of really good story. Mm-hmm. If you can overlook a few flaws. And I'm, I love the story. I love the game. I'm having no problems overlooking the shortcomings of the game. But I'm enjoying it. Like, seriously spending two and a half to however many hours each night playing this game. So let me ask you this. Uh, being a fan of Mass Effect, of course, we can't not talk about the controversy with... Mass Effect Three. How did how did that land on you? The ending. I like it. Okay. It's fine with me. Okay. I mean, characters come and go. You know. Okay. And it was it was it one of those things like people had fell, fallen in love with this character and then of course they Captain Kirked it. They didn't like the ending. Right. Okay. Yes. I mean that's what happened and people got upset but this <clears throat> is fine with me. It's a fresh start. I like it. We're good to go. I mean, I'm having no problems getting through Mass Effect. Awesome. So, what I my expertise in is eBay. I have had some great luck on eBay the past few days. And uh, I haven't touched eBay in a very long time now. I used to be all over eBay. It used to be the biggest thing in the world. But my question is, um, nobody talks about eBay more. Is is eBay on its way out? And if it is, is, is there something replacing it? Are people out there doing... Something else other than eBay? Is it the Amazon store? Is no. it? <laughs> no, it's Facebook. <laughs> really? No. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can tell you from my personal experience since I started collecting Funkos, and this is strictly from Funko point of view and a few comics, there's way more trade going on Facebook groups and sales going on in Facebook groups than you you can imagine. I mean, seriously, there's probably hundreds of transactions every day right here on Facebook. I And I, I think Facebook's it. I, I have no problem with eBay. I think eBay is just fine. I mean, I, I play on eBay every day. I, But eBay is more of a legit store now mm-hmm. than the place to go to dig for. Yeah, and I haven't. I know that Hasbro has a store on eBay. I know several other outlets have stores on eBay where people will watch, and as soon as they hit something, they get great deals. Like, um, I think the Hasbro store blew out some uh, older stock a couple of months ago, you know, and it was like uh, outlet store kind of deals. And uh, that's a great place for that to happen, but, you know, I was. I grew up in the eBay culture of you get a great auction. And and the reason I brought this up is because I've gotten three things lately that uh, were just great prices on eBay because nobody watches the auctions. And, of course, they wanted a higher price, but they put it out there at the normal auction low price, and I just snagged them. Good for me. Yay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm just wondering if there's any... Uh, economists out there looking at what's going on on eBay and and have a good idea well, about that. Well, the question about eBay and what I've found since I came back to it is you're not going to... You can't go on eBay now and find the guy that's cleaning out his garage and just taking a picture of every single thing in his garage I'm trying to sell this, I'm trying to sell this, I'm trying to sell this, and randomly he has some gold hidden in there. Right, yeah. That's... And he's selling it for $2.99 with free shipping. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not, that's gone. Yeah, those, those days that, are done. Ev- everybody is an eBay uh, uh, connoisseur. Yeah, connoisseur these days. Yes. Like, oh, I found, I found an arm from something from the 80s. It must be worth $10 at least. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you're you're literally finding people of all ages and growing up, oh, well, I found this comic. You know, it's the same as going to an antique store. Mm-hmm. You can go to an antique store, go to the comic books, you know, if you find one, and they're going to have $10 on anything that has <coughs> a picture of... Marvel print, or DC. Marvel, yes. DC. I remember I went in uh, one right after uh, Carrie Fisher had passed, and every single book that had a picture of Princess Leia on it was over $10. Just because that's how in tune everybody is with all that stuff now. Right, yeah, because, I mean, that's one of the things about our our culture formerly, you know, we were, the we minority. Used, we used to be this nice little niche. Is where, now the majority. <laughs> and, and now that the public knows about it, mm-hmm. they're cashing in on it too. Um, and if anybody has any eBay tips, we'd, we'd like to hear your ideas about that as well. Um, and since Sean brought it up, any strategies on Facebook shopping? You know, we want to hear that too because our, our stuff is everywhere, man. And wherever, wherever we can find what we love, that's where we're going to be. You watched Ghost in the Shell? I did watch Ghost in the Shell. Five minutes of Ghost in the Shell was put online. Now, apparently it was through a, a Japanese site because it had uh, Japanese or... Subtitles? Subtitles, yeah. Okay. But it was the first five minutes of the movie, and um, very, very close to the source material. Um, if you've ever seen the opening scene to Ghost in the Shell, I mean, it is a literal translation of that to screen. 
Um, the action was very, very Matrixy, which, mm-hmm. of course, the Matrix was inspired by Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. Um, very beautiful. Uh, the colors, uh, the tone seemed right. The definitely the idea of that Neo Tokyo kind of uh, uh, idea that comes from movies like Akira and Ghost in the Shell that was immediately uh, uh, visualized on screen and it looked great. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and sing the praises of five minutes of a movie, but I kind of want to see this now. I, I mean, mean I it, it, the tone looks right. I plan on seeing it. <clears throat> it looks great. Oh, that the fact that you said it's a literal translation helps me a little because I was afraid that they might water it down for the general public. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. That's true. And of course, it, they still might. Five minutes isn't going to wipe that right, away. But but still, this isn't the type of story that needs to be watered down. Right. Yeah. And a funny part, I watched it with my son, and of course, when she takes off her sh- when it takes off her jacket, she's wearing this very sheer. Or not sheer, but I mean very skin tight, almost flesh toned suit, and, right. it, and of course it's her invisibility suit that you know she turns invisible while falling, and um, as Logan looks at me, I'm like, no, 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 it's a suit, it's fine, she's fine. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my goodness. Now there is going to be another reboot. Well, we live we live in the age of reboots. I mean, uh, if we're not used to this now, guys, I don't know what we're doing. But Puppet Master, <laughs> Puppet Master is an odd choice, but gosh, that's one of those. There, there's a time in your life when there are certain movies that you're too young to see, but you find ways to see. Yeah, and you don't like it's this it's this kind of high. Like, oh, I'm doing something I'm not supposed to do. I'm watching Puppet Master. This is so great. And, of course, that gets applied to a horrible movie. But I really enjoyed that first Puppet Master movie. Now, I've seen probably three of the five or eight or however many of them they finally ended up making. Yeah. But they were really interesting horror kind of movie. And, of course, if you don't know what the Puppet Master is, a guy makes killer dolls, you know, that are... Six, 12 inch dolls and stuff yeah. like that. They have like special abilities. Yeah, knives for hands, drill on its head. Dude, the drill on the head ones definitely sticks out in my head. The yeah, most. if you don't know what Puppet Master is, uh, go and Google that and look it up and do some YouTube videos and you'll get an idea about it. But to reboot that movie, man, oh. I mean, oh. I, I would, that kind of gets me a little excited. I'd like to see well, like a, like a, um, uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro take on Puppet Master. Yeah, I mean, that would be good. But if you're going to reboot some horror like this, I choose Critters. Critters? I liked Critters. I thought Critters was a good movie. I I, I thought you were about to say Chud. (laughs) No, not Chud. Chud. I liked Critters, man. You know, uh, now, what I remember about Critters, I've never seen Critters, but I remember the trailer. What? I remember You've the trailer for the critters. second Critters, the one where the people from outer space come down, and they're like, "Oh, they're space aliens! We're here to stop them!" Yeah, and like the girl shoots one, and it's hair, and he's like, "Bitches!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all I remember about it. Never oh, have you've seen never it. seen never it? seen Critters. Oh my goodness! It was. <clears throat> I've seen Puppet Master. I have not seen Critters. That's awesome. Dude, Critters is a good movie. You need to see it. Speaking of reboots, um, this Predator movie, they announced another 
uh, Admiral Dama, Edward James Almost, is going to be in Predator, which I'm kind of excited about. But I, after seeing the last Predators, makes me think of uh, Morpheus's role in that. <laughs> yeah. So this movie is going to have an awesome cast. Like, just yeah, a- we have Thomas Jane, Boyd Holbrook, uh, Pierce out of Logan, Olivia Munn. Uh, and just holler if you see one of these names. I mean, that, Thomas Jane? Okay. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key. That's weird. Jeez. Alfie Allen. Um, Mr. Theon himself. Jake Busey. Jake Busey. What? Where would you see that? Right there. Oh, my gosh. What's he doing? You know the guy's got talent. Oh, I know. Jake the- Busey. You know my favorite role of Jake Busey's? What's that? Contact. The crazy uh, Jesus guy in Contact. Oh, but see, Contact's a great movie. Totally underrated. <sighs> is it? Is it underrated? Yeah, I, think, I like is that it, movie. It's a little overrated for not really having aliens in it, I think. And I think that's it's good. The, that's the South Park of Don't get me wrong. I enjoy Contact. I mean, I think that the uh, uh, it's the best representation of kind of what would happen with alien contact. Yeah. Um, in in that particular way, yeah. and then uh, Tom Skerritt in it is great. Uh, you know the 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 machine that first you know that first time and and because of Jake Busey, what happens? You know that's really intense. You yeah. know that looks kind of real. Yeah, because they got the they got the distance and stuff right when they're looking at it from Houston or wherever they're at Cape Canaveral. Uh, and uh, when that thing flies apart, it is wow. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be awesome, dude. But really, this Predator cast though, totally full of big names, and I mean, I, I'm just gonna say it, it's got a lot of shoes to fill. And it's uh, your boy Shane Black. <clears throat> I like Shane Black. I'm still saying the best Shane Black movie is Kiss Kiss, Kiss Bang Bang. Bang. Absolutely. Put a Predator in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. There you go. There you go. There you go. I'll take it. Um, and one more reboot, uh, Escape from New York by Robert Rodriguez. Oh, now see that's that's a match made in heaven. There. Mm. Who would you, you who would you cast a snake? Oh my goodness! I have to pick snake. Um, with Robert Rodriguez, who's his go-to? Give me a second. You know, Jeez. Quentin Tarantino is going to be in this movie somewhere. <laughs> right, but but I mean. I mean <clears throat> I don't know who you cast as Snake. Go, go ahead. Uh, Hugh Jackman laid down the mantle of Wolverine. He's going to pick up the mantle of Snake, Snake Plissken. Plissken. That'd be great. And that's a good question for our listeners. Who would you like to see as Snake Plissken? Yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah, uh, I want to know really some ideas. thoughts out there. Um, and we, of <sighs> course, got the it. Justice League trailer premiered this week. I have some thoughts about it. Um, I think Sean has one thought about it, but... He may have a better opinion than what I think. So, Sean, what what did you think of Justice League? I am not impressed. Oh, no. Look, look, I don't want to be the hater, but I just don't know. I Immediately, I watched the trailer, and and you know you want to go to the comments, right? Mm -hmm. And immediately, the first comment isn't even constructive. And I see that's the thing. I want to be constructively criticism. I want to have constructive criticism. I want, I want the movie to be good. But the first comment that I seen was, "Well, 
ready for the the tide of MCU fans saying how this is a pile of crap. Oh, I guess they'll be saying that Cyborg is poorly CGI'd while they have a horrible looking nasty green Hulk that they think looks awesome. And I'm, the whole time I'm thinking, Hulk does look awesome. <laughs> and I'm not coming here to bash Cyborg, even though... Cyborg does look pretty cheesy. Cyborg does look pretty cheesy. It's got some uh, pretty I'm not, bad Yeah, it's CGI got problems. There. It's got problems. <coughs> oh, hey, guess what? Deadpool was a funny movie. Batman tells jokes now. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't get it. Just, just do a Justice League movie. You don't have to make <clears throat> a Marvel movie with a DC title. You can make your own DC movie. Though. Yeah, to, not to not to make fun of your point, but I, I kind of would like to see that. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, of course, but I'm just saying. Oh, here, here's it doesn't look bad. Mm-hmm. But it does not look impressive. It's not inspiring. It no. is. It is not inspiring. It's and and the problem with DC, like we said, is that uh, they uh, what what are what are we doing? Are we are we going to? You know, you've already got the preconceived notion of, oh, God, can they get this one right? Oh, hey, there's a little hope here. I see things I like in this, which is what I'm going to say about it. I see things I like in it. Um, but one of the things I don't like that stuck out to me like a sore thumb is, so we've seen The Flash. Everybody knows it's not Grant Gustin. Everybody knows he's wearing a different suit. That's fine. I, I understand. Uh, my hope for that is that since he since he has those powers and can cross over into different worlds, that he actually the best thing they could do with that is in the movie he flashes and he meets Grant Gustin Flash. Yeah, because it's an alternate reality. But but my my thing is in the trailer they show him in the exact same scene with his dad behind bars and him on the phone and talking to his dad. I'm like, oh, look, 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 oh, look, look seriously. <laughs> Okay, you know how we're tired of watching Spider-Man's origin story? <laughs> if I have to see Barry Allen save his dad one more flipping time, man, that's the it's just the basis for every single Flash. Oh, we're doing a Flash TV show. Gotta show Barry Allen's dad. Go back to the 90s. Oh, here's... It's it just every single thing is Barry Allen's dad. Like, seriously, we well, get no, it. Well, no, the new series is Barry Allen's mom. It's fine. We get Flashpoint it, is, We get yeah. it. We get it, though. Well, we even... I, mean, I think the new Flash shows, and, and, and let's take a moment to talk about that. I think DC on the CW is the best thing C, uh, DC, DC is, is doing. Done. And I don't mean that in an insulting way. I honestly mean I love DC on CW. Absolutely love it. The Flash is one of my favorite shows I've ever seen. I cannot. I, I got. I got somebody at work to start watching, yeah. and she now despises me because of how good and how how many boxes of tissue she's went through watching the Flash. Um, so DC can do stuff right. Right. Um, and the trailer. Batman v Superman movie. The Superman movies got me prepared for how Zack Snyder the trailer looked. I already knew that. I knew it was going to look like that. Okay. But so, Batman in it looks good. Wonder Woman in it looks good. Aquaman looks good. even looked good. Now the promote the promo shots of him and a couple other things I've seen have not been impressive. Um, but the footage they showed early on that had him meeting Arthur Curry. Yeah. 
And the footage in this looked pretty damn good. So what do you mean by the, the parademons? The parademons looked pretty damn good. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Cyborg, there, there's real issues with Cyborg. It, it's totally CGI on a real person. And they that's another thing they were talking about. I was listening to The Nerdist today. And him and Jordan Peele were talking about the the use of practical and CGI effects and yeah. how much how much more weight practical effects and CGI carry than just CGI, which is true. Uh, it's absolutely true. If you watch a movie, you look and you can tell if something is completely CGI, you, go, you normally go, oh, that looks pretty good for CGI. Yeah. Because you absolutely you know that. Know but whenever CGI. you have those practical effects mixed in, like Jurassic Park... Like other movies of that vein, you, it's it's almost seamless. Like Jurassic Park, there are some part, part parts I cannot tell you which is which. If they're right. using a practical effect or a digital effect, well, I mean, and that was years ago. Well, I mean, that's think, how you do that. Well, think about this: uh, the the scene in, in Avengers where they all land and they're doing this cinematic circular shot and showing mm-hmm. them all what parts of their weapons are CGI and what aren't. Their suits, you you can't tell, right? Right, that yeah. looks good. Yeah, I mean, you could frame by frame that stuff and do stuff, but I mean, like in the moment, in your suspense of disbelief, when that breaks, that's the problem. Not, not I'm, I'm, I'm looking at each scene trying yeah. to find the flaws. Absolutely. Uh, but the Justice League trailer, I walked away feeling a little better about it. Sean walked away feeling meh, meh, meh. So. There's that. Go out and watch that and let us have your opinion on that. Uh, local haul, I, I pooped it this week. No, my eBay stuff didn't arrive. And locally, there's nothing. I haven't been out of town, so I'm, I'm zero for zero on that one. Well, I'm just... I Like I said, uh, yesterday we went out and I bought one Funko Pop. I now have... I bought a Daredevil Pop that I hadn't owned before. And that's about it. I mean, that that's it for local haul. There's... There's no more or less. Yeah, that, and we're skipping um, the rest of the normal stuff. Right. Uh, we're not doing a Lost in Time this week. We're not doing uh, Seen It or Not Seen It. We have some uh, listener questions. Yes. And, uh, you know, Sean pulled all these, so I'm going to let him handle... Well, well, let's see. I mean, th- these are from a lot of our really good listeners. Uh start what do we got mike sent in some questions your biggest disappointment in a crossover mine's pretty easy now it wasn't a big crossover like we could break this down into like huge company-wide crossovers and and levels of disappointment but uh mine is actually specific first thing i thought of there was a time when marvel was doing annual crossovers you know they have a annual and there'd be like an eight uh you know annual story like uh, um, Evolutionary War, Atlantis Attacks. Well, right after that, which I had missed all those live when I was collecting. I yeah. did not collect those. Like, the last one was, I believe, what was Atlantis Attacks. And after that, I was into collecting big time. And I collected this series live when it was coming out, and it was called Life Form. It was in, like, the Daredevil, Punisher, Silver Surfer, and Hulk annuals that year just crap. It was just crap. It was just some alien blob thing. And I hope it was horrible, and I still have them. <laughs> like, say. it's not in a trade paperback anywhere. You know, Evolutionary War and Atlantis Attacks are all in trade paperbacks. You got different stories that are in comics and trade paperbacks. You ain't gonna find a life form trade paperback. It sucks! <laughs> well, 
you know me, I, I, I went a little more away from the comics and wanted to do a disappointing movie. You know, because, you know, I'm just now getting back into the comic book game, but I am I know my movie stuff. Disappointing movie. Well, before we move there, now, let's talk about, uh, uh, w- were you collecting comics at the time, now this was in the 90s, Yeah. Uh, whenever Image, you're the Image guy, Yeah. started doing crossovers with everybody. Like so, you had your the the epitome of the antique store comics is if it has a Deathmate comic in it, might as well not bother even looking in the bin. Like that big yeah. Valiant and Image crossover that everybody yeah, had. I remember that. Horrible. I remember that. There that was, was pretty bad. But they had other things too. Like I was looking in my collection, and these are books that I don't know if I just if I ever read. I just had them in my pull list. Oh, it's yeah. a crossover. But like you had the. Marvel and and Malibu crossover. You had the. Oh, I, I have a great. That. There is an absolutely great Star Trek X Men crossover that I've got. Really, it is it, and and um it, it not it's not a disappointment. I do have some disappointments in there, and that's what I'm going to get to. But the Star Trek X Men is is uh, old Star Trek. Yeah, Captain Kirk. Yeah, and X Men. Uh, uh, Hank McCoy. A Wolverine, Jean Grey, you know. So you have that scene, of course, where someone says Doctor McCoy, and they both turn around and go, "Yes." That's pretty funny. But it it crosses. Um, oh, what's that? Kirk's best friend that turned in like a god in the first few episodes. Yeah. And uh, the X Men villain Proteus, uh, the do- the son of um, Mora McTaggart that the X Men fought early on in, okay. a, in a John Barnes story. Well, they crossed them over, and uh, uh, Proteus had taken over the body of that guy. So now they were a merged villain, and they both had to fight him. And the X-Men were from a... They even mentioned, like Spock mentions, oh, this must be the time on Earth when the eugenics war was going on, where Khan, you know, Khan's time. Right. And it was really neat, but there are a bunch of really uh, intercompany crossovers that happened at that time that were really just crap. You know, that's all they were. They were the cell comics, and there wasn't a story behind them. And I could name several of those. And, but did you ever have any of those Dude, that you could name? No. Not not off the top of my head. I would have to dig through stuff that I actually have. And I haven't done that in years. Like the like the story of uh, where Image crossed over with Marvel and they stole the original Howard the Duck? <laughs> now that, I do remember that. I don't have those issues, though. What was no. that, Savage Dragon crossover? Yeah, yeah. Savage Dragon, okay. yeah. But anyway, you you were leading us into movies. I was just going to say a disappointing movie for me was Daredevil. And I know I like it. Look, look. We all get the nostalgia feel. And look, everybody gets excited when he he loses his uh, baton. And then they're like, oh, what is this? And it's Kevin Smith. And he's like inspecting it because he's supposed to be like some CSI guy. And he hits it and it extends out. That is good stuff. But... You, you just want more, right? You wanted them to get a little more. Well, you know, at but, the time, at the time, I really did enjoy okay, the at Daredevil. At the time, movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah, but I mean, looking at it in retrospect, you go if you look at Logan and then you look at Daredevil. Yeah, you, there, there's issues there. But at the time, I, I, I would watch Daredevil twice a year uh, when yeah. it came out on video because Ben Affleck, he's yeah. not, he's not bad as Daredevil. Did you say uh, the same thing Jennifer, about Electra? Jennifer Garner. Uh, 
Jennifer Garner is great as Electra in the Daredevil movie. Yes. <laughs> I will specify that. Uh, and Colin Farrell being in that. I love Colin Farrell. You know, seeing yeah. him in, in Fantastic Beasts was absolutely great. I yeah. love seeing that guy. Uh, in Bruges. Great yeah. movie. Yeah. Colin Farrell. Yeah. Um, you, you know, that. I think he's a really great actor. Phone Booth. You know, I'm excited to see that guy. And he was a great bullseye. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you that. Let, let's let's go on to... Uh, TV. Netwall. Have you got one? Uh, uh, for a disappointment on TV? Uh-huh. Have you well, got a personal it, it, one besides this one? <laughs> it, it's already been on our Don't See It. Is, uh, you brought it up, in fact, was when they... I was really excited for the reboot of V. Oh, yeah. And then that just fell flat. But, but see, I loved V growing up. I remember watching oh, yeah. that with my parents, and it was... Those moments for V were like... I wasn't quite old enough. Oh, yeah, like, that's one of those, it. I shouldn't be watching this. Right, but but I remember I could sit and watch with my dad, and, like, you know, somebody would get scratched, and you'd see snake skin peeling through, and yeah. it was kind of a scary There's moment. very specific moments from V. There's, like, the... Uh, the scene where, oh, the guy, you know, they can work in the cold because Robert England, Freddy Krueger himself was, yeah. you know, was a sympathetic one of these aliens that helped the uh, helped the good guys. Yeah. Um, and, like, he, they could work in really cold places. Like, they worked in cryogenic stuff. And a guy uh, uh, got his arm, nitroglycerin on his arm, and slammed into something, and his arm broke off into pieces. And I was like, oh! <laughs> yeah. And, uh, of course, there's where... Uh, uh, evil Lynn chick with the eyes. Oh yeah, she, you know she swallows the gerbil whole. You're like, yes. Oh. <laughs> what what am I seeing? But dude, when they tried to reboot that, I was very excited and, and then totally disappointed. And then you know going back and there are some shows you can't go back and watch. It, it, just watching the the uh, pilot for V. There's a very World War Two, uh, uh, you know German kind of feel to that like there's a there's a boy that's helping uh the aliens because he believes you know he wants peace with blah 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 this and that and of course yeah. you know it, it's it's the same as the the germans in, uh, getting the the jewish young men to help them and stuff like that right and then um they go door to door and, and and tell on their neighbors and that kind of thing and then of course at the end of the end of that story and this is very dark like at the end of that that boy's story he he finds out that they are you know that what what they're about and he's betrayed and they take him off and they they are going to serve him for dinner. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's one of those. Oh, I don't know if I should be watching this. <laughs> oh no, no. Um. Also, but, but our disappointed TV. Yeah. Uh, for me was Heroes, and and not oh. the first season. No. The, the, it's the second season and on the first season of Heroes was the Great Hope. Yeah, you know, it was the first time. Oh we're gonna, my God, we're somebody's gonna. doing a serious take on on super. I mean, I don't know any of these characters, but I I kind of want to know more about them. Yeah, I, they've got superpowers. They're they're doing this. They're they're doing things. It it they're it. it I want to know more about Hero. I want to know more about yeah his buddy. Um, I want to know more about the Doctor. I want to know more about the cheerleader. Huh. I want to know more about the cheerleader, Hayden Penitentiary. And then. And then the writer's strike. And then the writer's strike. I mean, yeah, there's something to be said for that. I mean, Lost made it through the writer's strike. There are people that argue that Lost kind of lost its way. 
and and was damaged by the rider strike. No. Which there's arguments to be made. There there are some things missing. They were going to do more backstory with the island and stuff like that, which I would have personally liked to have seen. Um, but heroes really really took a shot from that, and it it was so disappointing to see that fall apart because that was the first time on television. Uh, you know, X Men had taken off in the movies. You know, uh, uh, they got a, a comic book guy, uh, Tim Sale, to do the artwork that was in in the show. Just just beautiful stuff, re- uh, really good ideas going on, and it fell apart. And it was just so heartbreaking, so oh, disappointing. No. And, and then they tried to reboot that, and that even failed. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jamie asked the question, what toy line, or what movie would you want a toy line for that doesn't have a toy line right now. Spaceballs. I want the Winnebago. <laughs> that would be awesome. With bars. So, so they never made any of those toys? Not that I've seen. Funny thing about awesome. that is the toys that... Uh, 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 that he oh, plays with? What's 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 Mel Brooks' character's Yogurt. name? In that? Yogurt. The toys Yogurt are selling. A couple of them are Transformers stuff with Spaceballs logos slapped oh, on them. Yeah. That is awesome. Like you see Optimus Prime, there's a Spaceballs logo on it. That's awesome. See, I didn't even know that. Uh, yeah, dude, Spaceballs would be an awesome toy line. All See, right. yours should be uh, Critters. Critter toys. <laughs> yeah, but what are you going to do? Like, have a little ball well, they and made, just roll it they around? They made those alien reaction figures. You know that, and those look awesome. Yeah, but I don't think Critters would transform or yeah. would look that well. I mean, oh. Well, no, what is your movie, then? That that I want to have a toy line? Absolutely. Oh, my lord. Some people would argue it'd be X Men. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let me let me see. Uh, just off the top of my head, good night, dude. I don't know. Give me. Uh... Can't be Gremlins. No, Gremlins had plenty of hey, toys. Hey, give me some Rocketeer toys. Were there any Rocketeer toys? Reaction. <laughs> oh my goodness! They put out one. Yeah, uh, the only Rocketeer, and I, I I would think that if if Disney if Disney does own Rocketeer. If they did a black series, like you can get a black series stormtrooper helmet for like seventy bucks. Yeah. If you put me out a black series rocketeer helmet, that thing will be sitting in here. I will be wearing it from time to time. I love the the retro you, you'll, action. You'll of, record episode of the podcast I might. wearing nothing I but might. The, yeah. There you go. I don't well, know about not, nothing, but no, okay. no, no. You know what I meant. You know what? I, oh my god. No, just <laughs> Woo! never mind. Um. But yeah, I, I love the Art Deco design of the Rocketeer. I love that movie. I've spoken to how much how much I praise that movie. If you get it on Blu-ray, even today, it looks like it was filmed today. So good. Joe Johnson directed it. Same guy that did Captain America, uh, the first Avenger. Those movies. Watch those movies back to back. Watch no. Watch watch the Rocketeer first, and then watch Captain America, the first Avenger. You would think they were in the same universe, filmed at the same time. Oh yeah. Jamie also asked, uh, what lunchbox would you want? If you could go back and you get one of these lunchboxes that you know we all carried. But the the two I had, one would be uh, the metal Transformers lunchbox, which I have thermoses for somewhere. Uh, and there was a plastic one also that have that has this exact art on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to go with He-Man. I want my... I actually had it. The metal one. Mm-hmm. I had that. It's probably around somewhere. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's the funny thing about that. There's a bunch of things, like, in our youth that 
just didn't matter nothing for nothing lunch boxes and and sticker books and and stuff like that and and that those side items are getting really hot right now like yeah. the 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 stuff the like the Star Wars blankets you had or or some uh, Transformers curtains or something like that those go for really big bucks now but lunch boxes have always been collectible like yeah. from the time I was little you could still find people at that collecting time lunch collecting boxes. lunch boxes yeah. and I don't know what it is about lunch boxes but I guess they're because they're such a big canvas I mean every side of it is an opportunity for uh, art expression on it so that's true and, and they made them for everything like mm-hmm. I've even seen like there's an Andy Griffith lunch box oh yeah yeah oh don't even like lunch boxes from the 60s are like mega expensive oh exactly I yeah. mean that's unreal um, what do we got next? Chris Vint, favorite fictional TV character. Um, you know, there's just so many. Um, what's what's your idea on that? Well, it, it, I'm trying to think of something outside of the box of what I would normally say. Let's let's say not a Marvel or DC character. Okay, I mean that's fine with me. I'm going. Uh, now, if I have to nail it to one character, yeah, I think it would be uh, Doctor Smith from Lost in Space. Okay, from the old the old Irwin Allen show. Nice, because uh, he was just so funny. Whenever I was, you know, in that eighty three to eighty five time when it, uh, uh, Fox, our local Fox affiliate, first started here, and they were just constantly showing Lost in Space and. 20,000 Leagues Under the... Not 20,000. Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. Yeah. I just couldn't get enough of that stuff. And, and you know, Dr. Smith was just so funny. And the fact that um, in the movie he was played by Gary Oldman. Loved that! Yeah. Absolutely loved that. Yeah. Alright, I've got mine. I've got it. I'm going outside the box. I'm going close to home. I'm going George Costanza. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, if I'd sat five more minutes, I could have thought of that one. Because, <laughs> yeah... George. Uh, it's I can't. the summer of George! We live in a society! I, you I, are George. I get I get compared to George Costanza quite oh a bit. Oh my gosh. Well, it's that manic kind of expression of frustration that, you know, just kind of solidifies I'm gonna it. I'm going to go George Costanza. George Costanza is your spirit animal, sir. I hate to tell you that. That's fine with me. I can, I can deal with that. Oh. Best comic you've ever read. Best comic I've ever read. Let's go with. That's tough. Like single book. Well, or, single. Uh, yeah, because it can be a trade paperback. I mean, like. Yeah, because that's what mine's going to be. It's going to be a trade paperback. But I mean, best. If you're going to do a best individual standalone book, like a a twenty-two page book, if you have one, that'd be great. But let's yeah. let's go story. Best comic book story you've read that that's contained in one issue, whether it be a trade paperback or a... Oh, man, contained in one. See, I was going to say Outcast, but that's multiple right, trade paperbacks. Yeah. All right, let me just, uh, let me go with Quiver. Really? Dude, I enjoyed it. I sat down and, uh, you know, I bought that trade paperback. I read the entire thing in a single day. Nice. Like I just powered through the entire thing. It mm-hmm. was awesome, mm-hmm. and I just I like the art. I loved Kevin's writing. Mm-hmm. 
I'm probably a little biased because it's Kevin Smith. We're going to have to break down Joel's uh, house and steal his copy he found for $5 with <sighs> Kevin Smith's you, signature. You can't, you can't give away all the details. <laughs> uh, mine, I'm going to blow your mind with this. It's a DC book. What are you doing? The best, the best thing I've, best story I could ever, ever read, that I would sit down and read like at any time, is probably Kingdom Come. That's awesome. Um, the Alex Ross's art is just unspeakably good. Yeah. I mean, in, in that book and um, the relationship. I mean, he, you, you, you honestly have, um, you're, you're the character. I mean, it has a character in the story. Like they just pull him out, regular guy. Listen, we need you. Yeah. And and that is you. And you're pulled into this story by the uh, uh, by the specter. And uh, you know, and it tells this great, epic, biblical, apocalyptic, uh, hopeful, uh, uh, sad, and and just I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. It's if you've never read Kingdom Come. It is such a great mix of hope and despair and relationships and and writing and art that I, I don't know that you could just purposely ever go out and top that book. Yeah. I mean, Marvel's... The, the, the response of Marvel did with Kingdom Come was, of course, Marvel's with Alex Ross. Right. Which is also a really great story. It, it does, But it doesn't come... It doesn't have all those finesse touches mm-hmm. uh, that Kingdom Come had. Um, if you've never read Kingdom Come, go out and pick it up because it is—it's an amazing piece of writing, an amazing piece of you, art. You know, you bring that up. We can't skip over the Killing Joke. Uh, you know, I never read the Killing Joke until. Well, basically, until I got the trade paperback, and it was because it just wasn't available. Right. I mean, wherever the Killing Joke is, I mean, I could have ordered it. Right. But I mean, it would be sold out because yeah. I mean, everybody loves that story. Right. It, it's 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 a short piece of work. It is a good story, but it's uh, it's just been talked about and done to death. And right. Blah, blah. But, but you can't mention best comic talking trade paperback and not mention that. At least mention. Honorable mention. Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, there are other things, like uh, the, uh, like, what I've got right here on my shelves is, like, Avengers Disassembled, the Illuminati, uh, the Dark Phoenix Saga, uh, let's see, what else? Watchmen, of course. Watchmen's incredible. The Dark Knight. Uh, but, the, also in this, worst comic book ever. Do you own a comic that you just absolutely despised? Mm. You know, comics that I bought that I just didn't... I don't despise. But it goes back to that disappointment. Mm -hmm. I really... mm, I don't know, man. I'm going... It's tough. Let me say I'm I'm really disappointed with the way Marvel is doing things right now. I really wanted like you know I've been actively reading Civil War two, mm-hmm. and the way that ended, I just I haven't bought a Marvel comic since. 
Like seriously, I haven't bought one since. So did I, it damage Miss Marvel that bad, or Captain Marvel that bad? She's a terrorist. <laughs> okay. She's a terrorist, and Tony Stark's in a coma. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rhodey's dead. Mm-hmm. Hulk is dead. Right. Um. You know, I, I'm just no. I, I, I just, I was so. I wouldn't say worst ever, but I read it just to see how bad it was and I was so disappointed I I really haven't bought anything Marvel since I can't really think of anything that almost put me off of Marvel Um, you know it's just since I've always been I've never been invested in story of course I, I am once I've stumbled across it yeah but I, like I've always said, I've been more of art, and and art. The most disappointing thing for me is whenever there's a great piece of art, like there's an Arthur Adams cover, and you open it up, and you didn't think about bought it, and then like inside is like uh, a bad ripoff of Steve Ditko. It's like, well, what? Ah, uh, why? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but uh, uh, I bought some Guardians of the Galaxy recently. Whenever we were doing. Uh, buying new books and reviewing them yeah. and whenever Hastings was still around uh, there was a good artist on the inside of Guardians of the Galaxy but they had Arthur Adams himself doing covers and, and that was a really good combination but worst story I'd ever read I, you know honestly don't know because most of the time when it's something that's pretty bad I just, just want, I just won't cut, read it I cut just it, put it, it out, back. cut yeah. it out from getting yeah. yeah yeah those are the good ones that's just how I work um Favorite moment so far in our podcasting career? Ooh, favorite moment? I don't know if I have a favorite moment yet. I, I do listen to our podcasts with a critical ear on uh, when they get released. And uh, I, I would say my favorite moment was episode 14 and that was the one where we talked about gaming for a while. We talked about all of our old gaming systems. And that's the one where I think we finally hit our stride and just felt like it clicked. We had a, a system. You know, it, it sounded well, it sounded as well produced as two guys can can do for for a little of no budget whatsoever two guys make. with uh, forty dollar microphones can do yeah 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 and, and it, it sounded good mm-hmm. I liked it and that's still one of our most listened to episodes and one of my favorites for sure uh, probably my favorite moment in podcasting and I don't know you know when you do something live I mean it's you're kind of in the moment and I don't I don't know um I guess it would be oh, some of the great conversations and spontaneous stuff, but I can't nail it down to one. Now, my favorite part of of doing that podcasting is that first really good conversation I had with a fan. Um, and that, that sticks with me. I mean, there are so many other people out there that have great opinions, great stories, that are great people, that are just as good of friends as Sean is, but we just... I just don't know them yet. Yeah, we hadn't met yet. Yeah, exactly. And I, yeah. you know, and I was thinking about uh, this earlier today, and it, it seems like in our culture, you know, being a nerd or being a geek is 
the great unifier. I mean, there are so many people I've talked to from so diverse a background that just none of that matters. I mean, we're talking about comics, we're talking about movies, we're talking about stuff we love, and it doesn't matter if the person, who the person is on the other side of the conversation, what they look like, yeah, uh, you know who who their parents were, uh, what kind of money they have. Uh, this is what I love about it: is that nerds are the ultimate unifier. No, no race, race, creeds, ethnicities. Right, right, exactly. You know, and that's that's what I really love because there's. It's such a unifying touchstone because so much like the X-Men, millions of people around the world love the X-Men and everybody, anybody, that's the great thing about it. Anybody can take the X-Men because it's a story about outsiders, uh, you know, joining together uh, and and, and taking care of each other like family. And that's the story of the nerd culture. It's also the story of of, uh, other parts of our culture or one particular race or one particular credo you know it it unifies all those people under that umbrella and that's what comics and movies and stuff do they they give you a touchstone to relate to other people and that's that's exactly what I love about this yeah absolutely all right man chris loaded us up with some questions uh now you <coughs> i'm going to let you go first on this star trek or Star Wars? The ultimate nerd question. Well, I mean, my brother and I have this discussion all the time. My brother is Star Trek, and I'm Star Wars. Now, I mean, there's that's all. Now, is that is that cut and dry, or is no, there... it's cut and dry. <laughs> there is okay. Look, well, what's look, your? Here's the thing. I I am a fan of Star Trek. Right. I watch the movies. Mm-hmm. I enjoy them. I move on. Very good way to describe that. Very good. Star Wars, I, you don't move on. I don't move on. I learn about the characters. <laughs> I dream about. I wake up flinging a lightsaber. That's what. Yeah, that's what happens. I, I seriously have. Uh, that's com- not a euphemism, by the way. <laughs> I, I have conversation with people about who is Ray's father. You know, I wonder about that. I I dig for details. Who is Ray's father? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. I don't care that same way about Star Trek. Right, right. I will do digging, I will find research because I care about the answers that Star Wars has for me. Absolutely. Um, On my side of it, I mean, it's pretty much the same. I mean, I have a love for Star Trek. Uh, There's something special about that. uh... Our friend Matt just quit listening. (laughs) Just now. Well, I mean, because they're so different. I mean, Star Trek has always been that question humanity, question what it means to be human, question what it means to... You know, social issues in Star Trek have always been on the forefront. Right. And that's the way Gene Roddenberry set that up. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a very good way to discuss culture and, and politics and, and things like that. And it's really entertaining the way it's done most of the time, especially in The Next Generation, because it, it's so... At times it's kind of a hammer, but other times it's kind of just feathered in, and yeah. and it's really good. I mean, the best moments of Star Trek to me, I'm a continuity guy, of course, and, and I saw the first Star Trek movie, and I, I did enjoy it. You know, not on a, it's not an action movie. It's but it's a movie. It's a beautiful shot, beautiful large things you've never seen on the big screen before. It's your first time you got your your small. Uh, uh, 
you know, contained science fiction on the big screen, and it was amazing to see. But then that that first time you got a trailer for Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan, you were you were like, "What Khan? That's that's a guy out of the show. That's that's that guy. That's that's the Fantasy Island guy. That's the guy uh, uh, Kirk marooned on the planet with with what's her face." And as that movie played out in the theater. There's just something so special about seeing these characters from that show treated in such a serious, uh, yeah. epic. You know, uh, they're quoting Shakespeare. They're they're uh, dealing with life and death. Uh, just, I, I have true love for Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan, and and it's up there with anything that's ever been in comics and in movies, but. We'll see, but but compared to the epicness and 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 the story of Star Wars, if not for Star Star Trek Two, I don't think there's any comparison. I mean, the moment you see Luke and and he's staring at the twin suns and he's contemplating his role in the entire universe. Yeah. And and suddenly he's thrust into this epic story and of that music hit of of. Uh, uh, you know what it's what it's like to be alone and be in part of something and be uh, uh, wanting to leave home and wanting to do better and be have, know you're destined oh, yeah. for greatness oh, and yeah. you know and then and then there's the whole rest of the universe out there besides those little things that we just said about him. Yeah, I mean it's such an expansive thing that that George Lucas did and it was it was from go. I mean it's not now. You know, 70, 77, 40 yeah. years old. Um, from the moment I could remember Star Wars, it was an epic and a whole universe. Yeah. Not, not it's got 40 years of continuity and expanded in books and all that. It had a true sense of there's more out there than you could ever imagine in, in Star Wars. Yeah. Because of the great job that. Uh, Lucas at the time did with uh, 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 pulling from those, pulling from uh, Akira Kurosawa and and whittling in the 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 hero's tale into that um, on, onto that film. It, it just it just gets you. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, but it, but see, hearing you describe all that, it lets me realize the big differences. Like I can't pick. Well, I mean, if I have to pick my favorite Star Wars, you know, obviously I'm probably going Empire Strikes Back. But but if I pick my favorite Star Trek, I'm going to be the oddball out, man. I love Star Trek for Voyage Home. All the cheesiness and the jokes, because that works for me. I like that that movie. Mm. The others, they're in, and this isn't the reboot. This isn't, you know, the modern cast. Right, I, yeah. I I love this modern cast. I love their stories. But I haven't seen the newest one. You'll have to borrow it. I've got it right over there. See, I mean, that that, that just shows you where my priorities lay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really the- fun. I think you'd like the new one. Um, it's it, it's not, not tonally too different from the others, but it's, yeah. it's fun. Okay, I'll check it out. Uh, what is the favorite item in your collection? <laughs> just, you, you're picking a transformer. I know that, aren't you? But, well, but you're I, looking I at know. transformers. I don't know. I don't um, know. 
Well, what what is yours? Give me some idea of what what's Sean's favorite thing he owned. Now, do we need to split this? Is there something from your youth, or is there something you, you See, picked I don't, up I don't, in the past year? I don't year? own much from my youth still. Well, that would make what you do own even more special. <laughs> yeah, but what I do own is like all the issues leading up to the death of Superman, mm. and a short box full of image comics that are worth $20 <laughs> total. Mm-hmm. So so let's not say there's a lot. My my favorite thing I own is uh, I, from Hastings I bought that uh, picture frame that holds three comics in a row. Mm-hmm. And I have Secret Wars 8, Amazing Spider-Man 252, and Marvel Team Up 141. All in one thing. Mm-hmm. And those are you know, and it the, looks great. It looks yeah, and, great. and the main three first appearances of the, the black, black suit. Mm-hmm. So I, I will go with that frame. That picture frame is probably my favorite thing. I mm-hmm. Um. Well, I, I I would have to split it. I mean, I'm I'm a cheater. I cheat. Yeah. <laughs> my my favorite comic I own. Um. It, it would have to be this one. I mean, it'd have to be my first comic. And this isn't my. This isn't the actual first comic. This right. is a better issue I picked up. Yeah. Um, but Ghost Rider number seventy six. I mean, it's yeah. For the audio listeners, uh, there'll be a video version of the podcast, but I'm, I'm showing it to the camera. Yeah. It's got uh, Johnny Blaze separated from the Ghost Rider, fighting over. Uh, they're in hell. Mephisto's laughing at them. Um, they're fighting over a lava pit, and just. Uh, this inspired my imagination and and told me what comics to come I could I could expect. Yeah. I mean it's it's not it's it's a good story. It's it's okay art. Uh but it's it's just something I look at and I I get that feeling. That that first time I picked this up at at the middle of Pleasant Plains at a flea market. Um just it, it brings back so many memories. Um, now, as a collector, um, and of course, as, as a collector of like Transformers, uh, the favorite thing I own, Transformers-wise, is probably going to have to be, oh gosh, something I just pick up and look at all the time. Oh no, man. You got a lot. <laughs> you got a lot. Um, you got a lot. I mean, look at all that stuff up in there's. Dogs. There's some top contenders. I have a, a mint and sealed box Starscream I got from a guy, G1 Starscream I got from a guy for $35 in like 94. Um, there's a, a Omega Supreme uh, color variant from J- Japan e-hobby called uh, Gatip. Um, it was a, a thing I got that I really love. Probably my most prized thing in Transformers is a, a character now... Hang with me, guys. This is from Japan, so this means something different. But there's one called God Bomber from the Master Force series. And it was a... We had a, a Power Master Optimus Prime uh, over here whenever Headmasters and Target Masters and Power Masters were a thing. In around 87, 88 toy line. Uh, but now in Japan, they had a different story in a different series with this, those same characters. Uh, and there was a character called God Bomber. It was an extra trailer that came with your Optimus Prime that combined and gave him wings and a different chest. And man, and I love that art. In fact, one of my favorite books I own, Transformers Legacy, has all of the art for all of the Transformers. 
Uh, in fact, I mean, like, this was my such uh, a favorite of mine that I actually scanned this already in. And the, there's a guy named uh, who has a website called Botch the Crab, mm-hmm. where a lot of this stuff, thanks to him, has happened. Uh, the artwork he has on his site is the one I scanned in and edited and sent to him. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, but my favorite, what's your favorite book of all time? Book? Book. The Hobbit. You're a book guy. The Hobbit. And you've and this isn't just oh, I only read like ten books when I was little. You read books. I, I've read <laughs> the com. Let, let's see. My parents used to. We used to go on road trips. They let me get a book before everything. Well, I got hung up on these complete works of fill in the blank. Right. I have basically read the complete works of Edgar Allan Poe. The complete works. Uh, you know, the, all the stories of Sherlock Holmes. Uh. I've piddled with William Shakespeare, what I could feed through. Yeah, I've read a lot of books. Stephen King, I used to demolish those mm-hmm. in a heartbeat. The Hobbit, I've, I've read it more times than any other book I, I've ever read. Although, what's funny is uh, John Grisham is a close second with Michael Crichton. Really? What's your favorite John Grisham book? The Client. Okay. The Client. And, and then Michael Crichton's really up there, too. Yeah, Michael, Andromeda Strain. My, my two authors are Michael Crichton and H.G. Uh, Wells. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be my favorite book of all time. I can't say what I've read, because I'm not a rereader. I read and I'm, and I'm done. And oh, I, man. I, I, can, I cannot um, wait till my son's old But my favorite read experience Hobbit. reading a book was the original Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. I read it. It's the only book I've ever read in one setting. Mm-hmm. I came in from work one night after buying it. I'm like, "What's this? This is a, there's a movie coming out about this. It's dinosaurs. What's what's going on?" Picked it up, read it, seven hours straight. Yeah, I put the book down. The sun was coming up. Oh yeah, that's a good book. That's <laughs> and, a that's um, a really good book too. H.G. Wells, and I'm not gonna lie, uh, my favorite book of all time is going to be um, War of the Worlds. Okay, yeah, a close one up there that's really good that. Uh, Ray Bradbury, Fahrenheit 451. Mm-hmm. You know, I, <laughs> I could have not known anything about else about you and possibly guessed that because your attitude and knowing you, oh. I see Fahrenheit 451 as, oh. as you. I, I love Fahrenheit 451, which is why another good movie, Christian Bale, is Equilibrium. Hmm. You ever watched that? Yeah, I heard it's very matrix inspired it is, but it's also got a little 451 feel. Hmm. Let's see. We, we can say that your Holy Grail is your favorite item, but this is... What what item are you going to look for? I mean, obviously, a Holy Grail is something you don't own. What What is your Grail? What would, what would you want if, you know... My Holy Grail for, like, a comic, um, you know, there's... there's it's real hard to nail down because there's so much stuff out there. I mean, that, this is something you'll never own. What, what are you going to get? Well, might own. Might okay. own. Okay. Um, might Marvel, I'll never own. Marvel Spotlight number five, the first appearance of the Ghost Rider. Now, funny enough, I do own Marvel Spotlight number six, the second appearance of the Ghost Rider. Yeah. And it's in, I should have it uh, graded. It is in amazing condition. I had to look at it twice to go, is this is this a reprint? Or is this something like out of a like out of a, a Marvel Legends pack where they yeah. reprinted the comic? No, it, it is spectacularly white and good looking, and it is the original issue. See, I have a horrible copy of Strange Tales One Eleven, <laughs> second appearance of Doctor Strange. 
Um, no, I'm going Amazing Fantasy 15, which I'll, oh, yeah. I'll never own. You could own. You could own at one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever we become millionaires, I'll just uh, go and uh, snag one of those good old million dollar books, you know? You never know. I've picked up so many good old books now, for now, close to nothing because nobody knew what they had. But, like I just said at the beginning, you're not going to find too many of those around anymore. Now, what is a book or a toy or something that you would like to own this time next year when we're talking about episode 100? What is something actually foreseeable in your future that you could own? That you want to look for. Comic or other? Go comic. I really... One of the things I've never got for a good, uh, good enough price is uh, Avengers Annual 7. The first part of the two-part story, Death of Thanos. I have yeah. a, I have Marvel 2 and 1 Annual 2, but I do not have the Avengers Annual 7. Mine is New Mutants 98. I, I don't have a first appearance of Deadpool. I don't own it. I would like to save up some money and make a big push for it. I, I'd like to... At least have one by next year. Not even a reader's copy. I want a, a real copy of it. I think it'd be nice. Oh, well, Rick, we've answered a lot of questions. We've had a lot of fun. We've been doing this almost a year now. In a couple weeks, it'll be a year. But we have the 50th episode giveaway coming up. Uh, the drawing will be... I'm going to do the drawing next Saturday. <coughs> the only... Stipulation you have to be in this drawing is uh, follow us on Twitter and like our Facebook page. That is it. Nice. Those are the only two requirements. And I'm uh, not eligible, right? You're, you're not eligible. Damn it. But I will do the drawing uh, like noon central time next Saturday, which is April Fool's Day. That that should be fun. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> you win. Just kidding. Uh, and according to pop price guide I just looked yesterday we're looking at right at you know $80 worth of pops I think $80 giveaway $80 giveaway nice yeah, yeah. and uh, I think there'll be probably a uh, a comic or two in there as well and uh, as soon as the winner is announced or as soon as I, I draw the winner mm -hmm. uh, I'll contact them and then uh, we'll give out their name and who the the lucky person is next podcast and I think I'm even going to sweeten the pot. What we're going to do is, and on top of that, we're going to be giving away an SH Figure Arts Mario as well. Oh, look at that. Look at that. So it gets even pricier. Mm. SH Figure Arts. Good stuff here. All right. Uh, this has been a great episode. I was glad I was able to come up and uh, hang out and do a live recording. These are always the best because we don't have to worry about our internet issues. Which we shouldn't have to. We must mention, you now have better internet than me. Nice. Golly. Now that just makes me feel like I have to get better internet. Um, as always, you can find me at Maynard98 on Twitter. You can find both of us, Not So Southern G's on Twitter. Oh, and before you get to do yours, let me say, I'm sorry I stopped doing the vlogs. My computer took the most epic crap ever. And for some reason, Office Depot has lost my RAM in shipping. No, no. Like, totally lost it. Like, no one has any idea where the tracking... They, I have a tracking number. They have a tracking number. It is not functional for any of the websites. For Wonderful. any USPS, UPS, DHL, FedEx. No one knows where this package is. 
And it's only got about $100 worth of RAM in it, so I'm sorry. They're going to be replacing that. <laughs> yeah, soon, hopefully. And then the <laughs> vlogs will return. Right. So, Rick, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me uh, at Ricky Westbrook on Twitter. You can search Facebook, Not So Southern Gentleman. Um, I'd like to mention uh, I am currently working on a third series of uh, car, online cards on a Twitter, at Transformer Card. Um, so it's one of my side projects I'm working on. If you could give me a look, give me a follow, or uh, send me your opinion my way, I'd be happy to see it. Um, Sean, what else are we doing today? That's about it, man. This has been awesome. I have totally enjoyed this. Um, I'm going to do my best to have this as a recording for a video uh, if it all hangs in there, and uh, we'll see how that goes. For Not So Southern Gentlemen's 50th episode, I'm Sean. <laughs>